Yeah! Happy Comic Book Day and welcome back all you four color funny book aficionados. This is U.S. Comics Cast, HQ for all things comic book connected. We are John and Charlie Rivera, the co-founders of U.S. Comics. Charlie, happy comic book day. Happy Comic Book Day to you and to everyone listening and watching today. As always, we're brought to you by Bad Mary Band and Sergeant Finesse Gaming. If you haven't done so already, please smash that like and or follow button and hit that comment section like it was one final letter to the editor. Oh, Charlie. Today is not just Comic Book Day. Today is not just the last U.S. comic cast live episode in 2022 no 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 charlie today is also as well as a very important day on the calendar why you ask why you ask why (laughs) there it is because 100 years ago today what are the odds december 28th Charlie's hacking up a lung. December 28th, 1922. There was born onto the world a veritable angel. Certainly the first and most dominant face on the Mount Rushmore of comic books. Comic books George Washington. Oh my God. I'm talking about none other than Mr. Stanley Martin Lieber, a.k.a. The Goat, a.k.a. Stan Lee. Cousin Paul's right, Excelsior! Oh, man. Happy birthday. 100 years young to the dearly departed Stan Lee. Unbelievable. I mean, a, a century of the world being better. For having Stan Lee play a part. The first guy involved in comics I ever knew about. I thought comic books, the same way I thought movies and television were like spit out of the sky by the (laughs) gods above us. They just grow like carrots out of the ground. Exactly. Stan Lee was the first one. Thank you to Kevin Smith for having him show up in Mallrats and me get a lesson on all things about stretchy ding-dongs in the Fantastic Four, rock, <laughs> rock-shaped dongers, fire dongers, I, and invisible vaginas. I uh, can Stanley. only imagine that little baby Charlie, definitely not old enough to be watching most Kevin Smith's affair, was like, oh, snap, Reed Richards has a stretchy schwatz? That never occurred to me. He just starts trying to pull it apart like Taffy. Um, Cousin Paul would be happy to know that the things Rocky, uh, Rocky Johnson, the first Rocky Johnson before the wrestling Rocky Johnson to never turn people <laughs> off on Twitter. That Rocky Johnson only turned people on, even blind broads. If you have the comic books, John, uh, I, I'm gonna jump right yes. on, uh, it, right man, on top of this topic, right out of the gate because it's jump I, on I, I mean top it quite literally. like a Ben Grimm Rocky. That's Shots. right. Do it. Um, the the Stanley was legitimately the first creator. I ever knew about Stanley being the grandfather of Marvel comics was info. I got 
the same time I got that comic books were written. Never noticed yeah. a writer on a comic book page. I would never like check out the editorial section. Um, so, sure. so my introduction to Stan Lee was the realization that this shit is written by people and that perchance the quality, if you follow certain creators, uh, certain yeah. editors, certain artists might be similar. That's kind of how I learned the difference between good shit and bad shit was, was that this beautiful sweater wearing uh, mustachioed man who I thought had a beard because in Mallrats he has, it's a full little beard scheme. <laughs> um, Stan Lee was that guy. And what's amazing is that there's a huge gap between Mallrats and all those Marvel cameos. Um, that when yeah, he... a tremendous, a tremendous, a gap in both uh, visibility and sadly income. Because Stan Lee, along with certainly uh, Siegel and Schuster, um, not so much Bob Kane, shockingly, because he said, "Look, if you're gonna put the Scroogey to me, I'm gonna put the Scroogey to other people first. Yeah. Um, but like most of those early creators who were in essence kind of pushed out of the collecting uh, the the process, um, Stanley was absolutely on the forefront of that all. So thankfully, we were really able to give him his due, if not, or earlier in the game, later in the game, you know, justice yeah. be done. I mean, and Stanley was always what I love about that. And I kind of, you know, from my end, um, it's just going to be me telling people all the things I love about Stanley because yeah, he that's is what today's for man. He he is a, a person worth celebrating. I know not everyone is into celebrating people's uh, birthdays after they pass. I kind of think it's nice gives you a couple bites of the apple to think back on someone amazing. Sure. But for Stanley, one of the one of the very first stories I got in uh, in your comic book shop, the the comic book shop you took me to, that I was able to pedal my bike to, uh, one of the very first Stanley stories I got inspired my love affair with Daredevil because they stole Spider Man from Stan. They said, "No, sorry, old man," and this was like. 60 years ago, they were trying to call him old man. Little did they know, he'd only begun to be an old man. Um, they, they took away the ability. They, they wouldn't let him write Spider-Man stories. So they said, you know what? I'm going to create a character better than Spider-Man in my estimation. Uh, and thus, Daredevil was born. And the silhouette, the Spider-Man momentum silhouette, that's a Daredevil design. All that stuff was spite-driven, which I love. Because if you see Stanley in interviews, especially later in his life, he's such a lovable guy. He's such a huggable. He's everybody's grandfather. He, but there was he, a time where he was like, no oh, I can't. He was the guy who, he, for, for me, and, and again, to many people's surprise, I'm actually slightly older than Charlie. But for me, he was, without a question, the first adult that spoke about comic books the way that I did, right? Stan yeah. Lee, for all of his contributions, and, and obviously we'll, we'll go through them because that's what a day like today is for. It's it's for us. Stan is no longer with us, uh, so hopefully, and, and, I, and I know for a fact amongst many of us like-minded folks, we had the opportunity and took it to tell the dude how much he meant to us, how thankful yeah. we were, how much we appreciate him. So uh, I'm, I'm grateful that this is a guy who didn't, kind of like slip off into the to quietly into the night um but we 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 were throwing parades for him while he was with us and he he got that adulation towards the end if not never before but um yeah but but like you were saying dude like 
he talked about comic books with with love with reverence like he i remember one of the particular quotes that struck me very very early on was that you know he was saying if 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 uh, um you know if if shakespeare and leonardo da vinci were alive right now they would be drawing and writing comic books because this is our our medium right the creators create in the medium and that that's the type of stuff that really stuck with me because if you have a good idea you might imagine it as a flick you might imagine it as a as a play you might imagine it as whatever whatever the hell sitting around the beach people just you know spitting stories but this this gave you the the um this gave you the okay to imagine it as a comic book because it was a valid storytelling uh, platform and and he meant it you know he wasn't just talking out of school he he held them up on a pedestal and that's where they freaking belong let me ask you this charlie because yeah man. It very quickly and obviously you know you've made your opinion very clear on the hierarchy between spider-man and daredevil um but like you mentioned that motion that's one of the most visually striking things when i think about both of those characters and spider-man predated daredevil so it was in the spidey books first but like daredevil said if you have a good idea baby why fucking throw it away so you know again you have spider-man hulk iron man black panther many of the very early x-men thor certainly the fantastic four and that was like really the first marvel bite at the apple we're talking about this guy was involved with marvel before it was marvel so when we talk about those first phases uh, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you're in essence looking at um, the resume or the CV, if any of our listeners and viewers are overseas, uh, of Stan Lee. Like this is his, this is his fever dream. This is his work laid out that is collecting billions and billions of dollars. Um, Doctor Strange, Ant Man, uh, Black Widow. Uh, Silver Surfer, Doctor Doom, Nick Fury, Hawkeye, Daredevil, like you said, uh, Green Goblin, Black Bolt. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. You could yeah, good characters and characters Stan like Black Bolt, Lee. both the good and the bad. The guy, guy, you can't you can't bat a thousand. John, did you know with a single whisper, Black Bolt could get his head exploded by Wanda? No, I you the list is never ending because what was Seemingly. amazing about Stan Lee was at some point he got his fingerprints in everything. Like Stan yeah. Lee was well, not only a great baby. creator, he was a tremendous collaborator. He yeah. was an advocate for for stories and characters that he thought could uh and probably should uh you know um be pushed to the forefront. If you look at the success like you said of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that foundation yeah is absolutely well, mixed and well, here, poured by Stan the, the Man. Thing. And you talk about collaboration and whatnot, so it doesn't hurt when you are working with fellow, uh, um, fellow uh, you know, uh, male receivers on the comic book, uh, Mount Rushmore, because like his collaborators, Jack Kirby, uh, Steve Ditko, John Romata Sr., um, you know, like... If you're going to go to war, these are the cats that you want to have wrapped around with you. But yeah, like you, you when you say you can go on and on uh, um, with the characters that he, that he created, that's not an exaggeration because, you know, we just ripped off 
probably again the first first and second phases of the of the uh, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. But like this guy, uh, you know his 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 information pages. There's literally over three, and we won't go them go through them all. But there's literally over three hundred and settle in character. Yeah, right. Get comfortable. Get a snack. Uh, over three hundred and fifty characters that this guy brought to life, and more importantly, nurtured them. Right, he yeah. didn't make like a stray cat spit out these little kittens and say, "Good luck, kittens. I got, I got some mice to chase down." No, he nurtured these characters. He made sure they were gonna be all right. And that's and that goes to his ability to see valuable ideas. And what I what I love about him, um, especially with the in the later years in these Marvel movie years. There's a lot of interviews with Stan the Man. I was watching a couple today uh, in preparation for this, and what I walked away with was such an amazing feeling because he, he seldomly seemed to want to talk about his successes. Rather, he wanted to talk about the times he was turned away, the times he was told no, the times he was told his ideas weren't good because he was such an advocate for believing in your good ideas, for fighting for your good ideas, for pushing that don't let... A know-nothing stand between you and what you know is right. And you see the people inspired by him took that lesson and ran with it. You yeah, know, the Kevin the Smiths of the world, the, the Quentin Tarantinos of the world, these cats all took those lessons that Probably, were made available the, to us. What about all these comic book writers? Like, his DNA is in entire, you know, um, Hall of Fame publishers, you know, uh, in their walls. Like, they say if those walls could talk. Can you imagine what those early days were like? Um, and again, I know you poo-pooed him, but, you know, he was also very much like the spider, like a, some, somebody like Spider-Man was so opposite the standard when you're talking about a comic book main character, like Spider-Man would be a sidekick had he yeah. come out only a handful of years prior. But Stan Lee had the wherewithal to say, no, 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 no. This is a story that needs to be told. It's not just 30-something-year-olds that are that are, are making a difference out there. So Stan Lee was by all means the first to put a, a teenager center stage talking about issues that they had in school talking yeah. about racial issues that were going on in the world like stanley did things uh he was prolific obviously but he he took shots man he did things that nobody else was willing to do at least at that he was time fearless he was fearless he so believed in what he pieced together that he would stand by it and nine and a half times out of ten he was absolutely right you know, even DC Comics and, and of course, everyone uh, around the comic book industry is celebrating Stan right now. Yes. There's a ton to celebrate. Rightfully but, you know, so. his his take on the Justice League, they're, they're <laughs> doing a, they're, they, for free, if you sign up for their kind of uh, digital store, you can read for free the follow-up, this beautiful, six. this beautiful tribute to Stan the Man and, and what he kind of thought of our you know dc legacy heroes green lantern wonder woman batman superman as the as the primary members of that justice league um 
seeing how important he was for all the industries, for all the creators. Uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. John, I wanted to ask you before yeah. before uh, I, I kind of kick the mic back to you. Do you have a favorite cameo of his? Because he became Mr. Cameo from the strip club in Deadpool uh, to, to, you know, to reading the Mallrats script with Captain Marvel, one of my personal favorite, to all the theories about who he might be, be it a, yeah. you know, the Watcher was a big rumor for a long time. Do you have any particular cameo that sticks out? Or for you, is it just awesome that we had so many years of kind of seeing well, Grandpa Stan I, hit the I, I hit know, the mat. I know that, um, like, obviously, Mallrats is a, a huge one and, and kind of like the first one on your particular radar. Um, I mean, he popped up in the trial of the Incredible Hulk. This is like the the last hurrah of the Lou Ferrigno painted uh, error. This is a you know a Thor that looked more like he was coming out of the Vikings TV show uh, than anything that we got in the comics thus far in, in either iteration. Um, but, I mean, for me, it's kind of an automatic. It's The Amazing Spider-Man 2, also co-starring myself, where, funny enough, I, where I was situated... This is the graduation scene for anybody who is unaware of my IMDb page. John's um, the graduation famous. scene. <laughs> the new cut, you see all of this, baby. Bow tie included. Um, but famously, for my retelling, um, I I had a, a very clear shot, like two, three rows in front of uh, a certain wall crawler's ante. Um, but there was a dude, seated, seated rather, I mean, I gotta say four or five seats away from her. And from that distance, and this is, you know, again, like stadium seating, uh, open backed. I'm sitting there. I was like, "Is that Stanley? Beautiful white hair, mustache, strong as Hercules, um, like gussied up a bow tie." Even I was like, "Yo, if that's Stanley, I'm gonna go give him a hug real quick." I'm like, mm, boy, boy, "Boy, but I was not entirely positive." Uh, fast forward. Well, it was a black man. Dumb dumbs. <laughs> fast forward one of uh dum dum's million takes because she stinks on ice um all of a sudden producer types come strolling over to that area and again this is only two three rows in front of me but like slightly off to the side and they lean over to this gentleman whisper in his ear and i'm thinking oh snap they're giving stan some stuff to do the guy stands up he starts walking back with these two producer types now he's walking by me, and I'm like, hey, that's not Stan Lee, but fuck if it doesn't look just like him, which is the reason why he lost this particular extra, uh, excuse me, co-star, uh, this particular fella lost his excellent spot, definitely in the camera shot, because he looked so much like the, the brilliant Stan Lee, and then got taken out of the shot so that that would probably be my favorite because of my own personal involvement but what about yourself i mean mall rats aside what was your favorite stanley appearance you know mall i'm gonna disqualify mall rats uh because yeah, it opened the did. world That's up fine. to me right. uh, i'm also gonna disqualify captain marvel uh because the scene on the bus where he's reading the mall rat script clearly that scene was included for two people kevin smith and me uh, <laughs> i think my favorite is thor ragnarok 
where he plays the barber, like the nearsighted barber, mainly because they made a Hot Toys of that. They made a $150 action figure of Stanley as a space barber. That's just tremendous. That's just th- always, How do you get better than one that? One way or another, it always comes back to toys for Charlie. It is absolutely unbelievable. You can I don't know what you're talking every... about. Looks around my... <laughs> KB toys of an office every single time but also we had we had opened up this segment i'm obviously we can do an entire episode just talking about stanley's character creation we could we could do a different episode about his impact on storytelling specifically within this venue um we can do a different episode on his cultural impact because as we mentioned before the stories that he was telling regarding different age groups regarding racial issues that were going on in the country um i mean he did a a hell of a lot he did a lot and you know we were kind of still robbed i mean the gentleman lived a a very long and full life but we were still robbed as far as i'm concerned because even towards the the very twilight of his career he was putting more uh good into the world than anything he was possibly taking out and uh, you know there are certain parts of the end of his life towards the end of his life that were they were not particularly happy i mean the, there was allegations of elder abuse and um you know there, there were still towards the very end questions of compensation happening ownership of characters all of that jazz um but i really don't want to fixate on all that because this is indeed a celebration of his life but we started off uh, by mentioning kind of that letter to the editor section yes Charlie, I gotta tell you as like a, a young cat single digits 10 11 years old even um, you read a comic book back then it's all about what's going on it was at that point also about the connectivity between titles which was a relatively new thing as far as I was aware of but you weren't done reading the comic uh, the comic until you got to the very end of the book and i'm talking about the yellow pages towards the end and if any one of us out here is um a comic book properties fan more than they were a comic book reader uh i i understand i get it there's nothing wrong with that but i feel a little bad because there's aspects of comic book fandom that you were missing and in this case, um, the the letters to the editor were so uh, informative to me. The, the 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 bullpen bulletins at the end of comics, uh, specifically the Marvel comics, were so informative to who this guy was. It wasn't just that these were amazing stories and amazing characters that were created. I want to get back to that really quickly too. But the 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 bullpen bulletins were an insight into this individual as a creator not just his creations because those do speak for themselves and tell you a lot about who the person was that put that stuff into the world that content into the world but these were literal conversations that he was having having with us the readers and he knew this right that's where the famous nuff said comes from which if anybody who doesn't know um that's where nuff said comes from he would say what he has to say what's happening in the marvel universe what you can expect what you can look forward to nuff said like he was one of these guys he was as generous with himself as he was with anything else unbelievable unbelievable i mean i so for, for, for you was it the cameos that you're like i know who this guy was or you know did you have a different experience because that you were still a youngster 
Yeah, for me, it started with just kind of seeing a peek behind the, the curtain with Mallrats. I wasn't much of a Marvel zombie. So the DC equivalent never reached the heights of, of kind of Stan answering people. It was only after the fact. And I will yeah. forever mourn the fact that he that the podcast era started so far after his time. Because I think in this day and age, those letters to the editor, it would have been a weekly podcast. He would have read five sure. letters, answered it. It would have been called, you know, Stanley Nuff Said. Uh, and he would have, you know, once a month done one with Kevin. It would have been seven hours long with Kevin Smith um, to go over every other question. John, as time collapses, though, uh, I'm going to kick it to you. For me, the legacy of Stan Lee is just knowing that no matter what the story is, no matter what the character is, no matter the trials and tribulations that these characters go through, there is someone steering the ship for the universe and i knew that that uncle stan grandpa stan would never let these characters um far too to pull too far away from what yeah. made me love them when he was editor when he was overseeing it when he was asked about how he felt about these creations he made it cool to love it like you said he made it cool to care about it he took such pride and passion in making these stories grow larger and the audiences grow larger. For me, that's a huge legacy that begins and ends with his love for this four-color funny book craziness. What's your final thoughts on the man, what would have been the man's 100th birthday? What are your final thoughts on Stan? Well, it actually goes back to a point that you had kind of broken up, uh, brought up, rather, um, where, again, it wasn't just about the creation. For him, Char is a very thirsty boy. Uh, it wasn't just about the character creation and kind of spawning them out into the world, but nurturing the characters and indeed making sure that they stayed on track, that they didn't kind of like, you know, uh, that they didn't wander off into territory that was really never their intention. He was a shepherd uh, just as much, if not more so in the latter years, as he was a creator. So... Sometimes that means wrestling the steering wheel back away from uh, from someone who you've kind of like uh, put given given uh, control over to. So there's like a very famous story where there was a Daredevil comic that came out. This is like mid '60s, I believe, and um, you know the kind of overarching story was given and the art was produced, and then the writer stepped in to say, "Okay, here's dialogue, here's this, here's that." And uh, in, in, in really the quintessential editor-in-chief fashion, he looked over everything. He didn't rubber stamp shit, not, not stand the man. He said, mm-hmm, okay, well, this is a daredevil book, so this is wrong. But the cat had already been paid, and he's like, well, writer, I'm not going to pay the company is not going to pay you again, even though you fucked up. I'm going to take responsibility. And he, Stan Lee himself, rewrote the issue. He wow. rewrote it. This is a guy that had the, that he had the chutzpah, right? Uh, uh, Mr. Lieber himself, he had the chutzpah to do what needed to be done. He didn't throw a parade for himself. He didn't shout it from the rooftops. He didn't berate anybody. He said, you know what? This is wrong. You got your pay, whatever. 
I'm going to go ahead now and do for free what really you should have done originally. And that's the courage of your convictions. That's when you know when something is wrong, but more importantly, you know how to write it. And he just did it. That's who Stanley was. He could sit there and wax poetic with the very best of them. If you look at any of his prose, you know that uh, without question. But the bottom line is if it's something that needed to be done, he had no problem rolling up those sleeves and just doing it himself. Um, look, you know, he, he means a lot to anyone who even casually refers to themselves as a comic book fan because he is not just a guy who left his stamp uh he left his dna in only the characters that he created but in the storylines that followed and in all the characters and storylines that he inspired that to me is the big big thing he was like he was an, an originator did he write the first comic book stories no obviously he did not but many would argue he he did it the best very 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 much so maybe the best to ever do it and um, look a hundred years from now his name will still be synonymous with uh, storytelling and, and world building and inspired character creation um, but more importantly and to me uh, what really rings true is that he eradicated the idea that nice guys finish last that's that's some shit that you can really take to the bank if anybody if anybody tells you that Stan Lee is not the GOAT then he Charlie boy much like George toy boy Lucas is a goddamn liar because Charlie Han shot first baby John I know Enough said, baby. Happy birthday. Oh, Excelsior. Excelsior, <clears throat> indeed, John. Stan, we look Stan. back at 100 years of Stan Lee, and it was nothing but good times. Now let us look to the future. Do On it. this last episode of 2022, let's talk about the nerdy movies and TV shows that we have to look forward to uh it's a weird year <clears throat> as i cough randomly into the mic it's a strange year with a lot of really great stuff let's start let's not bury the lead for me it's been all about the television the television has been such a bipolar story of quality ebbing and flowing some of my favorite stuff hit television this year uh, I'm a sucker for it, so like all was worth it to sucker. me. I'm kind of just a sucker. I'm a consumer, but some stuff I'm I'm glad to see uh, on this new horizon. So I'm gonna go line items. I just we'll start with TV, Do then it, we'll man. get into Do the it. movies. Flash is finally gonna wrap up. I'm very happy that CW gave him half a season to finish this long journey. It's the ninth season. Um, not a show. That captured my imagination much after the first season. Um, but after nine, nine seasons, worth celebrating. That wraps up. That starts in February. It's a good run, man. It's a good run. <clears throat> I mean, if you had your, run. If nine, you had your druthers, seasons. if you had your druthers, this would be nine seasons in a movie because you'd have them pop up uh, at the end of the Flash movie if you could. Well, 
Don't get the don't get crazy. I said we could bring the boy over, but he's gonna outrun everything else in that show, including that giant. If I'm not mistaken, it doesn't Flash represent kind of like the end of the Arrowverse as we know it? Yeah, yeah. The 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 all the other shows have wrapped up. Uh, February 10th. I'm very excited about this. Uh, definitely gonna be intended for kids, but Moon Girl and Devil Devil Dinosaur. One of the big uh, hit books to come out in the last decade. I'm super excited for it. This one I didn't know about um, until like production had wrapped. Are you a Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur fan or just glad it exists? Not really um, your sort of thing. Yeah, I'm kind of ambivalent to it altogether. Um, but I'm not above checking anything out. So and you can't hate that. My attention for a moment. You can't hate that look. A giant red dinosaur with a little girl riding on top? Like, that's going to win. I've seen 100 Jurassic Park movies. I'm shocked. That's not how the last one ended with Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl. Uh, this one I didn't hear anything about until I was putting together this research. Harley Quinn, this February, the animated Harley Quinn, a very problematic Valentine's Day special. Yes. John, if I've learned anything about holiday specials, is that they only come in two flavors. The worst <laughs> hunk of shit ever, Star Wars Christmas special. The greatest shit ever, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Um, I'm excited because they're honoring me. It is a Charlentine's uh, special. Uh, I who think better the animated... than Harley? Who better? Her and her and her uh, Poison Ivy lover. Uh, you know, they, they had a tough time in, in season two. So I'm curious to see where the special goes. I love this cartoon. I think it's Those one of the kids. best things. They're going to work through it. I think it's one of the absolute best things available. And we're in the prime of this sort of content. Uh, one show <clears throat> one show that I was so pleasantly surprised by and then immediately stopped giving a shit was Superman <laughs> and Lois. Superman yeah. and Lois is getting season three. They had to recast one of the kid actors because, like, the one just didn't show up to set, which is yeah, just... Like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Could you imagine? Just, like, I'm not going to show up to this show that could go goddamn nine seasons. John, Superman and Lois, did they ever do anything for you? No. No. And, and I have a very uh, checkered past with Superman and television because... Um, you love Smallville and nothing you... can compare. As much as you, Charlie, uh, adored Smallville, uh, um, at the very best, I could ignore Smallville. Um, Somebody at, on its, at its save worst, at its worst, I, I was screaming like an angry old man on the lawn. But in this case, the lawn was a television. I'm like, no, 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 no. Not since, or rather, uh, preceding uh, Superman breaking Zod's neck for no damn good reason was I think the character of Kal-El Superman Clark Kent missed more so than Smallville but that all being said um I it wasn't it wasn't Superman PTSD that kept kept me away from it it was just really more the stories that they were attempting to to tell like that wasn't really interesting to me and homeboy made it for a pretty good superman you know like the costumes was good were good and um 
you know, if if I if you had asked me, well, what's the what's something of value that came out of that whole uh, Arrowverse? That that would have probably been my answer. But I'm like, yeah, this isn't the worst thing I've ever seen. But I'm I'm still not gonna give it my time. Well, it's it's funny that you said it wasn't the worst thing you've ever seen, because something that might be the worst thing I've ever seen, <laughs> Gotham Knights. CW is ending the Berlantiverse, the Arrowverse, whatever you want to call it. And they're starting a new universe where Batman's gone. So points, I guess. The new the new fixation in uh, DC, apparently, for some creators, is like, yo, but what about the massive hole this guy with money will leave? Gotham Knights first, is... First it was Bad Superman. They're like, oh, everybody sit down. I got a great idea. Yeah, like the last six people that came in here. All right, here's here's the here's your blank check. First, it was Bad Superman was a million projects. Now you're like, Batman though is dead, bro. I uh, I I may never forget the Arkham Knight series of games that I love for setting this precedent. For just now, they like keep killing off Bruce and a bunch of scrappy kids. Has listen, if you're not. If you've never been a Robin, stay the fuck out of protecting Gotham. I, as opposed to my bitter brother, will deal with nine Robins teaming up. Red Robin, Blue Robin, Green Robin, Sunglasses Robin. Dude, Gotham Knights has to be one of the worst looking trailers I had ever seen in my life. The budget looks to have been slashed 80% from the Flash. Um, it, it I'm already grossed like, out. It looked like a bad YouTube fan-created video. That's what it looked like. And the funny thing is, there have been some very good uh, fan-created content. Yeah, bad in, in the sun has in been the DC world. Yeah. Um. This this did not look good. But that being said, will you watch even a minute of it? There's a lot are, on the agenda this year. You're you're kind of a masochist, though. I am. I am. Really you know are. what? Chances are I'll want... Uh, here's, here's what I'll say. I will watch an episode. And I'm going to force you to watch an episode. Because we're, we're going to review the first episode in March. March 14th, it comes out. The Brothers Rivera will torture themselves so you don't have to. Lovely I viewers. Rude. I will do you a Rude. favor, though. We'll go from that inevitable garbage that is Gotham Knights on the CW to what seems to be set up for nothing but success over at Disney Plus, Secret Invasion. I, my nipples are going to need a month to untwist. I am so oh. excited Twisted about Secret Invasion. Fatal. I have heard some rumors about who is... Or is not a scroll, and who may have Everyone's been a scroll. A scroll. Dude, Spoiler if, alert! If some of these characters have been scrolling it for like years, my head's gonna pop off. I am so easily won over by like even an okay twist. No, I get it. Where if you're like, you know how Thor kind of sucks now, scroll. I know it doesn't make sense. He's you know, it's very funny. For as much as we have in common. There are certain things that are very, very clear delineations where Charlie is one way, and I'm like, entertain me, I dare you. The scroll ability to basically be anybody is, for me, 
just behind time travel in undefensible storytelling. Like, oh no, they shot uh, Captain Marvel in the face and now she's... Oh no, it was a scroll? Oh, that's fine, that's fine. All my emotions, they don't count anymore. Uh, how, what, how, whatever investment that I had, I'm like, nah, it was just a, just a stupid scroll. That's when my racism shows. I'm like, yeah, scroll, patooey. There goes John, the neighborhood. If done right, here's what I want out of Secret Invasion. To not have Just to give everyone my two cents. <laughs> I want desperately that, um, that, that Sam Jackson, who mm-hmm. plays, help me out, <clears throat> I'm forgetting the character's name, Nick Fury. Nick Fury? I, I hope Nick Fury did die. Fun fact. Top you know man, when he... Like, Nick Carter? You know when they... Nice. You know when they fake killed Nick Fury? I hope he really died. And this... Since that point in Winter Soldier... Right? He died in Winter Soldier? I think he Probably died in Winter who, Soldier. Who can keep track anymore? That's true. I hope he died in that. And this whole time it's been a scroll. And uh, it makes my heart heart happy. Um, I, more than anything else, though, just need a little bit more Daredevil in my life. And while his season, his you new television it. show isn't scheduled for 2023, uh, I will fully accept him showing up in Echo. Echo, I loved Hawkeye. Um, I dug her introduction. More Kingpin, more Daredevil, more Echo. Let's Go. You excited at all for Echo? Um, I'm excited for Echo in so much as I am the peripheral moving parts to it. Because even in the comics, Echo kind of like rang to me as, as like a like a 7th or 8th Batman, uh, Robin Wood in Batman. Like, oh, cool, cool, cool. So this character that's blind, oh, uh, but what if we had a very similar character that fucking had something different wrong with them? Like, okay, no, yeah. Yeah, you don't love that. That's not your... uh, You know my feeling on derivative anythings. I don't even want to date two girls in a row that look alike, much less want to read a fucking character that's kind of carbon copy-ish. But where I will... Hey, Joker, joining us. What's up, Joker? Um, Guys, if you haven't checked out Joker stream over on Twitch, do yourself a favor. Check them out. Sometimes the bad guys tell the best stories. And by sometimes, I mean most of the time. Fact. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm uh, traditionally against uh, derivative characters, but I will give you this. Um, at least they painted her in the villainous light first. You're like, oh, it's kind of the same, but it's different. At least they gave us that, and it's a it's a uh, it's a minority group that really hasn't been very well represented uh, in this forum. So for for several of these reasons, I will be in attendance. You got me. You got me, Disney. I'm going to speed up a little bit, but talking about derivative characters, Dude. Agatha, Covenant of Chaos, season one. We, oh, uh, well, we I'm, couldn't, we... I'm all in for Agatha. You know this. So you, exceptions that prove the I hate derivative characters, rule. but I love the bad girl, baby. You know mm-hmm. what? Which, which is, which is be, be popping off. Uh, someone you, and who's... also, homegirl's home in it. Fucking, uh, um, her name is escaping me right now, but, uh, Fucking uh, um, April the, Ludgate. The 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 my girl showing up left and right. Um, Loki, uh, getting season two. We're gonna find out what all this quantum mania uh, oh, is yeah. about. What's going on with uh, what if? Which is very exciting. I 
as much as I, uh, uh, Loki was a series I really enjoyed on the first watch through. Amazing. On, on the second watch through, um, some stuff Careful. took its time. Some Careful. Some stuff took its time. You know what's taken a lifetime to come back for me to finish up its story? John, give me my bright yellow and blue spandex. Give me my ruby visor. X-Men 97. It's been a while. Disney Plus. Holy shit. Do they <laughs> want to keep up with uh, DC's animation quality. So much they're so that try. they're going all the way back to the 90s. Yo, let's go. I, uh, I cannot goddamn wait. Uh, my you, Adventures you with Superman. You know you popped when you saw Professor X rolling out with a giant like dustbuster looking wheelchair you were like Ooh. john i am a sucker <laughs> for the 12 times in the last two years that marvel has been like bah, 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 bah. like all you have to do is hit to it and i'm in yeah. however dc striking back over at hbo max my adventures with superman i've heard nothing about but no, it's slated I... for 2023 is this an a animated personal memoir of yours i hope so Cause get me one of those those watches that reaches out to Clark when I'm in trouble. Cause I'm always in trouble. And John, it's a, it's um, an Apple Watch, uh, bro. Again, I got a, I got about six minutes left, but uh, really quick, nah, let's go we, through. We ran long. You, you can go. I'm a, I'm gonna give you till fifty six, so you can. Perfect. Um, let's grab some popcorn. We'll okay. grab you a nice tall Coca Cola. I'll get you had myself. Me grab you. I'll get myself a. a a boozy seltzer. We got a year filled with movies. Some I'm excited for. Some, frankly, I couldn't give a fuck less about. One that started as the latter, and all it took was adding Bill Murray to make me excited as hell. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania allegedly is going to bring the noise, bring the ruckus come February just in time. For a very special boy, uh, I would argue one of the best people I've ever known. Um, one of the greatest uh, people who's ever appeared on this podcast. But a young and handsome Charlie Rivera's birthday starts early. February 17th, Quantum Mania drops in theaters. John, where are you on a scale of 1 to 10? I know you hate scale and shit. Scale of 1 to 10 excitement level Make for a Quantum Mania. I'm a full 10. My, my my tip is red. Let's I'm a, go. I'm a, I'm a eight. I'm coming in at a, at a strong eight, which for me is good because I, I, like you, was not particularly fond of Ant-Man as a standalone uh, storytelling kind of device. Um, I felt like Ant-Man worked best in these group dynamics. The second, though, that they latched onto the uh, let's have a, a pair of shrinking uh, characters, I was like, ah, all right, okay. I still, I still, she still owes me um, from uh, that last season of Lost. So I'll, okay, I'll, I'll give it to her. All right, Hope, you can fly around, not a problem. Now, in essence, everybody's all tiny, but I do appreciate the fact that they're now. It kind of, it's a honey. I shrunk the comic book characters. Uh, because then now they're all collectively in that world, and I very much suspect we're gonna get uh, Bill Murray, mayor of Smallville, down there, 
So uh, I'm, I'm, if nothing else, I'm just very interested to see what the hell they're going to do. But the fact that it's going to very much tie all into the whole, uh, the whole Kang situation, uh, because we are getting full blue face, not vanilla face, I think it's not a chocolate face. <laughs> but it still counts. It's still, it's still blue. Helmet. John, I gotta ask you this though. Before you blew yourself like Kang. You are creeping me out right now. Joker uh, brings up a very good point off of Twitch. Will this film, if it's off and popping, will it wash the not so entertained taste out of your mouth for Ant Man 1 and 2? I almost called him Aunt Man. Aunt Man 1 and 2. <laughs> Auntie. Um, I yeah, am, no, I, the minute you give me something good, I forgive you for, for something bad. It's why all my ex-girlfriends get a second bite of the apple. Never well, a third. Almost always a second. I, I, speaking of your girlfriends, I thought that this high-pitched voice sounded familiar. Um, yeah, no, absolutely, because I didn't, I didn't despise, uh, the first two Ant-Man flicks. They were just like, okay. They were, they were okay. And, uh, in particular, the fact that they led into greatly two more than one into what was happening in the shared world which is where I, where I think Ant-Man really belongs best because his standalone features what can you do you can only make him really throw down with another version of himself yeah so unless there's a domestic dispute between him and Hope we're not going to really see that again all too often so and I hope no, they don't I, go down that comic road you gotta Slap lose that you are creeping everybody out, dude. What the hairy hell? I didn't mean to hit that. I didn't know that that was happening. <laughs> please, uh, please, please tell me you were kidding. No, please tell no, me you're kidding. I, uh, I'm not funny enough to go into the Ant-Man voice. I've killed my brother. He's dead. <clears throat> he's oh, he's tiny. He's shrunk down. I need you to. John, I need you to grow oh. big. Yell Shazam. Oh. oh my god, that is highlight real shit right there. I'm Dynamite. looking forward Just... to hearing the joke. Because I don't get I don't get filters in playback. Oh my god, that is so good. Woo! Joker stream call for Woo! a medic for you. I wouldn't trust oh. the John. They're gonna wind up giving you clown pain. Oh, that was so good. John so look, so I've called my shot before. I am a, a DC <coughs> boy. Now, that being said, DC doesn't need to be going around and patting themselves on the back because what that means is these characters mean more to me than others. So that means that doesn't mean that you're going to get a pass in the John book and be able to trot out mediocre content and me say, oh, great, let me get my decorative, uh, my collector cups of cola and gigantic tub of popcorn. No, 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 no. I'm going to hold you accountable for taking care of my beloveds. And they have fucking not. What they have done with Shazam and more specifically with Black Adam is an atrocity. So, thus far, no. I am not very much looking forward to this flick. I'm obligated to see it because of all the love that I have poured out and all the reading that I have done over my many, many decades of fandom. But no, I'm very much afraid of it, man. Looks I'm bad. very afraid of what they're going to do. It looks lower budget. Um, if I, I don't know if they could get a tax rebate. I would have probably just had them... I would have looked into the option of throwing it on Max. It's it's looks not bad. even about budget to me, Charlie. It's like 
what is this storytelling? What is the storytelling? The fact the, that the, the first movie ends with the Shazam family was such a misstep. I, I don't know why DC's old rule was rush the story. I, I, they, I really was disappointed. It's not even that it was the Shazam family that was the ultimate arc in their storytelling. They didn't even they didn't even justify it. They're like, oh, and here's more characters that seemingly have this. So in other words, let, let me do, I'll do a little bit of fixing because I never want to be the guy that complains about something and doesn't offer up a, a, an alternate uh, version and how something could have been better. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but as, as poorly received, rightfully so, as Thor Love and Thunder was, there was yeah. one particular aspect of it which didn't really make a whole ton of a sense, right? The Shazam family when, at the end? When Thor fucking turned all of the little orphans, I hate all the orphans in the whole world. Say it again! Basically took all these little children, all these little fucking little orphan annies... Uh, I realized they weren't orphans, but it's little orphan Annie. Um, and he empowered them to basically be mini Thors. That made as little sense as Captain Marvel Shazam saying, "Okay, now my family that all of a sudden I love, uh, you guys are also as well as going to be Captain Marvels." They didn't bother justifying it. They didn't explain it away. Now I would have said, "Hey." This person whom I'm fighting against, or these multiple baddies, I cannot be everywhere at once. If only there were more of me to go ahead and handle the fight. Oh, maybe I can make that happen because magic is magic. And he shared the power. Not empower them all at his level, Charlie, but shared the power at his uh, fingertips and said, okay, if I'm at 100% and I kind of like <laughs> dole it out, right? If you got 100 bucks in your pocket in 20s, that's 20 for you and 20 for you and 20 for you. Now he could conceivably be multiple places at once. And while he might not have been as powerful individually, he would have been able to affect a greater area. And what does that do, Charlie? That teaches the audience a lesson. Ultimately, isn't that what storytelling is for? Isn't the reason why we listen to, like, I don't know, myths, why we listen to a uh, moralistic little fucking uh, uh, traipses down uh, that, down the moral lane. Isn't that the point? Isn't the point that you could do more as a team than you can as an individual? But also as well as they can't do it on their own. They need him to quarterback that shit. So he has that emergency button that he can hit saying, boop, boop, boop. I need the power family to come back together. Let me give you each a dollar <laughs> right out of my pocket and we can do this as a team. Would have made that so sounds much like more it would sense. be a good movie though and DC wasn't interested in that at the time. Uh, I'm going to run through these real quick and then I'm going to get to mm -hmm. my final thought because I got a question for you. Uh, John, it. after that we got my personal, uh, the film I think I'm most interested in seeing where it goes. Um, we got Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Arguably, sure. um, the movie that kind of handled this concept of we're going to throw seven versions of a character you know at you that are all going to be, you know, well-defined and really interesting. I thought Into the Spider-Verse 
was one of the greatest things Marvel has ever put together. Um, I am very, very fearful of this sequel because it's being compared to one of my favorite comic book movies ever. With that being said, the promise of 100 Spider-Men doesn't mean they're going to focus on 100 and Spider-Women and Spider-People. But I'm very hyped up because one of the Spider-Men we're getting happens to be Latino, and uh, I like I like when my people show up and shit. Uh, but other than Spider-Verse, we got the clusterfuck that it promises to be the Flash. We got the Marvels with my girl, uh, my girl rolling be, through. See, here's the big problem, really quickly, because I know you're up in yeah. the Yeah. The Flash might be a great flick, and it's almost worse if it is, unless it unless James Gunn is able to do some literal magic and kind of say like, okay, well, we're going to use this and, 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 uh, you know, we're going to shape it and make it make sense for what we want to do long-term. What's going to happen is potentially you might have an outstanding multi, uh, reality flick. And they say, did you enjoy that? None of it matters. Like that's that, that would be painful, but I mean, it has to have a little bit of flashpoint in it. So I feel like the end, no matter what, can lead into something great. But the Marvels, then we got Blue Beetle, which I've heard very good things about in previews. Craven the Hunter almost has to be awful. Fox doesn't make good movies anymore uh, with with Spider-Man characters. They just pump out shit. And uh, something that visibly looks bad to me, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is going to wrap up the year in December of 2023 that's, john that's another one it is literally meaningless at this point when yeah, they're i talking, mean again we get to see some water you only hear the actor uh talking talked about in terms of playing a different character you're like well this this means this this one aquaman means even less than the press does potentially the press tours are going to be interesting so what do you hope for the future employment as vibe i guess john we we talked about a lot of tv we talked a lot of, about a lot of movies what are you most looking forward to? Uh, honestly, on the DC side, some continuity and direction. Uh, I'm just really hoping that basically jumping into someone else's toy box, that that uh, James Gunn can find a direction uh, that they want to go to. And on the Marvel side, because it really is ultimately about the big two, um, that they can kind of write the narrative ship. Because this most recent phase has been... It's just been like a dumpster fire. There, there have well, see, been I've occasional points. I've been totally satisfied. Ter- terrible to me. Um, the, for me, there have been certain points of um, there have been like bright, bright points. Moon Knight was was a was a home run in my estimation. All the specials really. Werewolf by Night, absolute home run. But there were certain things that they put so much effort into, um, that were to me just wasted time. So I what are you looking forward to? What specifically? What project? I, TV show or movie? Well, no, I'm not going to mention one specific project. What I'm saying is, I I want to see James Gunn, like I was just saying, I want to see James Gunn mold the pieces that are salvageable for his new world, and I want to see Marvel right the ship and get back on track. So just consistency, properly solid execution. No, uh, well, I want to see not consistent mediocrity, which is what Marvel has had. I want to raise their level back up. And make it all make sense. That's what I'm hoping. I want more than anything for this stuff to justify all the monies. All the <laughs> monies that are going to come pouring in. Because, John, 
ultimately to keep the good shit flowing, you gotta pay some bills and we're no exception. So today we are once again brought to you right before the new year. John, more than anything else, you have to make sure that your nuts don't have hair on it. Today we're brought to you by Nut no, no, Shearers. That, that, Nut Shearers. That, that was cut. That, we lost that, oh, they we did. lost that sponsorship. They did send, oh, that's right, because we're sorry, not sorry. some sellout fucking pod who's going to say, oh, for a few hundred bucks, we're going to advertise for anyone. No, no. Today, we are once again brought to you by products, by products rather that we care about. We are once again brought to you by one of our absolute favorite bands, Bad Mary. You heard them during the intro. You're going to hear them at the end of the show with one of their newest uh, drops off of their holiday LP. Wondering where else you can catch their act. You follow them over at Bad Mary Band across all social media platforms. You can support them over on Patreon.com forward slash Bad Mary Band. You can stay up to date at BadMary.com for merch and upcoming performances. But my favorite part, John, is their entire discography, including that holiday LP, is available on every music streaming site. How fucking good is that? Damn straight. It is good. It is great. But also, as well as you have to ask yourself, where we dropping with Sergeant Finesse? You can find him gaming over on Facebook. Facebook gaming all day. Multiple streams. Outstanding video game content. Supporter games. Co-streams. Giveaways. Contests. Matter of fact, every once in a while, he's even doing a little Fortnite with X-Man Finesse. Um, don't be a sucker. Check him out today. Because when the Sarge is on deck, you salute. GG, son. Charlie. Yeah? Damn straight. You best be paying attention. Charlie, we talked already about the legends of Stanley. We talked about what's coming up after the ball done do its dropping in 23. Uh, but Charlie, we have to I want I want to talk about something that actually predates them both. Ooh, because while Stanley was responsible for the creation of over 300 outstanding original character concepts and while we have tons of dope storytelling coming our way in the very near future there was something that came before Ooh, i like before before even siegel and schuster did their thing charlie before comic book superheroes were dominating the theaters were dominating the streaming services even before they were dominating our backpacks and lunchboxes, there were the pulp characters. The pulp characters, Charlie, they did it first. I am talking about um, characters that have made the transition, many of them, to comic book form. They have made the transition to both of the big screen and the small. But Charlie, before all of that, these characters came, not in comics, in magazines. Ooh. You ever watch some of these period pieces where you got a little goober, he's sitting there, uh, like a um, freaking, uh, whatchamacallit, um, the hell? Uh, slingshot? Like a Dennis the Menace slingshot yeah, sticking yeah. out of their overall back pocket. Um, a magazine the size like, of their chests? Seemingly, they're reading like the Wall Street Journal, but there's like drawings of like a spider lady or flash gordon on the front hell flash gordon uh had a, his cameo cut out of a uh, christmas story which is I would a, gr a great kill. tragedy i would kill to estimation. see that footage 
and and uh, and you would be uh, justifiable murder uh, when when that no took judge it would convict me. So so the, these pulp characters, which are now many of which the majority of which have gone by the wayside, Charlie. These characters predated our superheroes, and it is a damn shame. Dare I say it's a doggone shame. Because when I talk to you, Charlie, about a character, forget about their uh, origination. Um, If I say to you, hey, Charlie, what do you think about Conan the Barbarian? Love him. Charlie, what do you think about El Zorro, Don Diego de la Vega? Better than Batman. Ever heard of Tarzan? Oh, not only have I heard of him, I've seen that movie. Um, all, we were just talking about Ralphie Parker's favorite, Flash Gordon. Um, ah! What about one of the biggest uh, um, cinematic blunders in Disney history, John Carter? Yes. Charlie, these are, these are characters that had their start in the pulp pages. So anyone who doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about, which I realize is quite often, the pulp, uh, uh, the pulp world. These were literally pulp texture texture pages, like the cheapest paper that these mother suckers could come out with because they knew they were just going to goofy kids who were going to read them, throw them away. And the the operative word in that sentence, Charlie, is read them. Because largely, while there were occasional splashes of fantastical artwork, Charlie, I want you to think of what what um what uh, what what uh, Ross has done for superheroes, right? Alex think, think Ross's about paintings. What Alex Ross's depictions of things like uh, a Kingdom Come, or like you know, he's got an entire Marvel series. Like he he's able to do things visually that we can't wrap our minds around easily. Charlie, that was the norm when you would pick up a pulp magazine starring Tarzan or starring Conan and the Barbarian or starring maybe a familiar name to some, Doc Savage. They would have these beautiful, fantastical covers bigger than the kid's head and then you'd open them up and then maybe there'd be a very interesting line drawing but then there would be words. And I'm not talking about like a word blurb over the pow, bang, boom of our typical comic book fodder. I am talking about prose. I'm talking about sentences with punctuation, new paragraphs. Charlie, this was literature. That's who the pulp uh, characters, that's how they got their start. Um, uh, Lady Spiler, Tulu had his little tentacle uh turn at bat um um a cull of atlantis i mean these were characters that like they ran and ran and ran the green llama maybe a little superhero action for you i mean these were and by llama i don't mean the goofy long-necked animal i'm talking about like a like the dalai llama this was the green llama he could throw down though son um who else dalai llama with attitude Maybe uh, if you pry the the easily the easy trigger finger away from uh, from homeboy uh, over in Rust, um, the shadow knows these are pulp characters. Now, what's interesting is the way that we look at our superheroes, kind of having having made that journey from comic books to TV to movies. 
these pulp characters had a very similar transition. So they went from <laughs> Joker. It's never, never too soon, bro. U.S. Comics, it can happen yesterday, and we're gonna talk about. It. Um, but the the pulp characters, they went from the pulp pages, the giant magazines intended for kids, but they went to the comic strips in the newspaper. Those characters, they went to the radio. So you can go ahead and figure out your little message from Little Orphan Annie and find out that you have to drink your Ovaltine. Son of a bitch! They went to the radios and then they Last time on The Shadow! (laughs) They also made their way into the movie theaters, but not in these long form, uh, um, you know, main events that we're getting. No, they had these little serials that will play before flick so the old you must have been so excited your nickel getting you into those theaters beard off of your face you must have loved it your little covered hands spin around backwards like like daffy duck and the shotgun going off his face your beard is gonna be behind you you're gonna have to watch a giant game like this (laughs) how dare you sir but yeah for a shiny nickel Basically, the old timers, they can go and they would see like two cartoons. They would see a serial, a live action serial of any one of the, a number of these characters. Um, and then they would watch their 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 main attraction. They were there damn all day, which must have been pretty sweet. Pretty, pretty, pretty good, if you're asking me. But, Charlie, I'm going to throw it right to you. Yeah. Clearly, I have a great, great affinity for these characters that they did it first obviously we know i worship at the altar we both do of superman the big blue boy scout what he does what he means to this current generation of of superheroes the underwear on the outside do-gooders but while he was the first comic book hero he wasn't the first hero so like i i love these characters many of them are just as interesting, if not more so, than what we got now, uh, running through the uh, running through Gotham and, and similar uh, similar towns. So, are there any pulp characters that like kind of stick out that ring true? There's one I'm thinking of that's very pulp inspired, but I, I don't want to say the man the himself. Gutier. Basically, this... anything with the word rock in it, Charlie is all about. Um, you know, I, I'm just easily influenced. <laughs> The Rocketeer, when it first came to my attention, was in the the WB Saturday morning movie. The rights to The Rocketeer, which was an utter flop in theaters, it came out uh, kind of on the heels of Batman uh, hitting the silver screen. The wrong lesson was learned by producers, and they just decided people must like the pulp elements. Rocketeer from Disney... I thought was the biggest movie of all time. It was on all the time. It was like, is a banger. Anyone dude, who three, has not taken time, it's a banger. Three so out of four Saturdays, uh, the Rocketeer would either be the 10 a.m. movie, the 12 p.m. movie, or the 2:15 movie. The Rocketeer must have cost a nickel to to fucking uh, get the get the movie rights to. Um, I thought there was no one cooler. He had Han Solo's gun defutrified on his hip. He had a double barrel uh, jetpack 
and one of the greatest helmets in cinema history, and it opened my world to the pulp comics. By the time I discovered the Rocketeer, John, we had a computer. So I was able to look up like the old Rocketeer stories, which led me to The Shadow when that disappointing movie came out, which led me to his comic strips, which led me to The Phantom, which led me to Doc well, Samson. So what's interesting is, especially for uh, kind of like a, a whippersnapper like yourself, The Rocketeer, uh, while in essence certainly being... Uh, a pulp in spot like pulp he's uh, like qualified. i can't believe it's not pulp he's an homage character so yep. the 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 actual character that you could really say is the the grandfather in essence of the 1991 flick that we got um was rocket man so rocket yeah. man was like a black and white also a serial because this was like the further adventures of uh that these that this type of storytelling that they had which is very much in the vein of uh, the comic, comic books and period. Um, the, the, the backpacks were almost carbon copies. To the point where, like, if you really didn't bother doing any research, you'd say, no, well, this is clearly, same guy. clearly who they're talking about. But, but Rocketeer actually was an original creation, but totally. And I'll give you another one while we're in that vein. Yeah. Indiana Jones. Yes. Indiana Jones has, has it, uh, fingerprints of these pulp characters all up and down his leather jacket whip and i'll let you uh fedora probably um indiana jones could have easily easily been in this list now it's interesting because lucas though he's a liar uh and spielberg as well they openly talked about it say like when we were kids those were the kids i was talking about that would plunk down a nickel and be at the theater yeah. all damn day They'd watch their their funnies, then they would watch their serials, and then whatever the the main flick was. But that's what inspired their creation of Indiana Jones, and obviously Rocketeer is going to be very much the same way. John, I'm going to break my own rule, and I'm going to talk about the graphic oh, that's available only to those watching us on Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube. John, in the far left corner of the graphic I threw up, if you could pull us up for a second, he had the blue kind of like head mask, the red onesie, and the sure. black pants. Who is that? That would be former quarterback of the New York Jets, Flash Gordon. Ah! Flash Gordon, the 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 strip, the 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 not the comic strips, but the pros on AOL dial-up were so easy to get that I would live in this world. I would download like files, and it would have like seventy issues, and I would just sit. Waiting for porn to download on another screen. Whoa, I would just, whoa, I would just watch. I would just read through adventure after adventure. It was great. It was all the splash pages were like in their own file. So yeah. I never had like the pros and this is the photo that came with it. So I had like 30 amazing pieces of art. And then I had 50 <laughs> you, you stories to kind of assemble myself. John, it was some of the most fun I ever had was reading those pros. And a character like Doc Samson is a great Doc example Samson. of, like, I don't give a fuck about him, but if you give me one of his stories, sure. they're so digestible. Well, you the, know, the, those stories, Doc Samson was like Superman before Superman. Yeah. Like, he, he it, really freaking was. There's something about these characters and, more, more importantly, the worlds they develop, the future 
of the pulp comic, the past the, the, of the, the pulp comic, the modern. What was really interesting to me, Charlie, is that the, the and where the great divide is, because if you can say that, um, you know, so it's like chimpanzees and humans one like chimpanzees didn't turn into humans. So uh, anybody who has that anybody who's in the NBA who like has that misconception, the earth isn't flat and uh, chimpanzees didn't turn into people. All right. You, you guys know who I'm talking about. Um, but we have a common ancestor. That's that's where we lie now between the comic book world and the pulp, uh, the pulp fiction world. Uh, to to borrow a little something from Tarantino. However, it's important that we look at the differences also. So it's not just in terms of the visual styles that we got these stories, because the stories in and of themselves have one one big difference. It's not just that these characters can do amazing things, like fantastic type things that you want to talk about when you're waiting for the bus at the bus stop before school. These characters, Charlie, largely, they lived in a bubble. Yeah. Okay, because in the comic book worlds, in these shared universes that first the comic books really made a point to, to hit on, and now the cinematic and TV worlds where they say, look, look, these are all these crazy, amazing things going on, and isn't it fantastic? Yeah, sure it is. But also as well as the tendrils of one have to go into another, and everything needs to be connected. That ends up, for, for, for my buck, it's it's a it's a good thing, but sometimes it can be a limitation, because in much the same way that a character's uh, origin flick has a very specific formula, whereas they have to tell you here's this person, here's how they gained the ability to do amazing things, but we have to now quickly establish here is their here is their um, uh, here's here's their villain. Here here's yeah. their pushback. Here is their nemesis. This is the problem that we have to do, and you have to develop all that shit all too at the same time where you can now set up a third chapter where where hilarity ensues and everybody's heads get knocked together like a three. It's a burden. Uh, like it's a, a burden. Like a three stooges. Uh, but also it's formulatic. You could fucking call your shot way before it happens. Now you factor into that, Charlie. Also, as well as they have to account for where other characters, super or or otherwise, where they are in the moment, you have to establish that. And you yeah. also have to establish how are they going to be connected. It's a lot of work to do within a small time frame. You know what the pulp characters didn't have to deal with? That bullshit. Any of that shit. They existed in a fucking bubble. So when Conan the Barbarian was in some shit, I didn't sit back as even a little kid thinking, well, you know, Flash Gordon's going to show up and, and save his bacon. No, 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 no. Conan had to deal with that shit by his own Crimean self. And to me, that storytelling often, not always, but more often than not, is far more interesting. Because there's no bailout. There's no safety net. There's no... That's like Conan is walking the trapeze uh, high wire, which I'm pretty sure has never happened. But he, he's doing it without a net. And the elephants are braying and the clouds are goofing around and the kids are screaming for popcorn. He had to really focus. Otherwise, Conan going to be in big trouble. And that's well, where the pulp characters really, really differentiate. Because It's also where they shine. Well, it's where they shine saying. because like, all they, these pulp characters... what they're really... Yeah. 
What I really loved about it is, is the formula that rose from a lot of these pulp characters is you give them stuff and then you take it away. So like for the Rocketeer, it's like now he don't got his rocket pack. So it's like, that's just the dude in a helmet now. And he's on a balloon. Um, you know, you take away Doc Samson's powers. What happens next? There's well, those was, formulas are just as those good. are almost uh, those are almost like a like a given like on a very special uh, uh, you know domino lady, um, but another another character that especially growing up in the eighties that just f- like took off to the point where you're like well this was this always was right this was not something that was birthed from somebody's mind hole this just you woke up and there they were Buck Rogers. You could put yes. into that same category also. So a lot of these fantastical worlds... Or my version, Duck Dodgers. <laughs> but yeah, they, so, so they gave us these amazing characters that did amazing things, but they, they also had that same uh, origin point, and it was reality, right? So now we're getting somebody who can fly through the sky and shoot fucking lasers out of their butthole, and we just take it for granted. Yeah, sure, that's normal. That's normal. Not here, brother. Not here. If you had somebody that could do even... If they could even, like, bend their finger backwards because they're a double joint, you're like, oh, shit! You, you, you went crazy because they all had an origin point of reality, which ultimately made them more grounded because these characters, while they were doing amazing things, were also looking around saying, yo, this is some crazy shit, right? Is this my imagination? John Carter didn't get to like the multi-armed swinging, um, half-butt naked princesses, uh, you know, on Mars thinking, yeah, this is just like a random Tuesday. Joker, get going, brother. Thank you as always for dropping by. Check out Joker stream over on Twitch. Do yourself a favor. Um... But yeah, Charlie, th- th- that's my ultimate point is that these are great characters because they, while they were doing otherworldly, very unfamiliar things, were had their start as familiar characters. We knew who they were to begin with. So when they were going through some shit, it was that much more real. So when it transitioned over to the other formats, you're like, oh shit, okay, I get it. The Shadow does know. Oh, he can make his nose real big? Oh, snap, that's, that's crazy. Oh, a little I bit of heroin problem. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna? Do? I I fully suspect that these characters still have a modern future. That that's just waiting totally around do. the corner. They're so good, and what I love about it, at the time they were speaking to their reality. They were speaking to the future, the way they saw it. They were speaking to their modern as they saw it. But now, in such a great way, all of these characters start in a classic setting and we get to avoid the things that we're overburdened with now every superhero has a cell phone and something to hack seeing you know the the future that flash gordon had in store for us is such an escape in a way that right now you talk about in entertainment where the gaps are that need filling these pulp heroes these pulp timelines these pulp adventures are begging, begging to uh, take another bite at both the big and small screen. Totally. And, uh, I, I, me for one. In comic, in comic book wait. formats, in, in uh, uh, long-form prose formats, absolutely. Dynamite has made a fortune. They, Django IDW, and Zorro, one of the best books around. in the last 15 years. Django and Chain came out 10 years ago. Eight years ago, I got Django and Zorro. 
Yo, what's up? Talk about yeah. some shit I'm dying for. They're constantly finding ways but of bringing is... my boy the Rocketeer back. It's evergreen. These are evergreen yeah. characters. But, but here, evergreen here's stories. My, here's my final. Here's my final thought on the topic. Then we'll wrap. Yes, it up. Yes, sir. Um, in so much as all that they informed our current kind of crop of hero characters, uh, big screen, small screen, comic book, whatever, uh, whichever your preferred uh, delivery system. More to the point, and this is what I was originally saying before, they did what they did in a bubble. So it doesn't require always to connect every little tittle and jot that you have out there. It's okay and sometimes preferable to say, look, this is what we have to work with. Now the onus is on us, the storytellers, to kind of put something out there that's going to grab onto and keep hold of our viewer, reader, consumer's attention. And the way that you do that is not just by inspired character creation, but much like, taking it all the way back, much like our boy Stan the Man Lee, keeping their attention, making sure the, 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 the car stays on the proper path and doing it in such a way that the audience doesn't feel preached to or spoken down to, that they come away with it with something new that they didn't have before. That's how you do it. Pope characters knew it. Stan Lee knew it. John and Charlie Rivera of U.S. Comics knows it. So Charlie, why don't you do all the people a big favor at the 126 mark, we went long, um, for the final time in 2022, tell the good people how we wrap up each and every show, every episode of U.S. Comics Cast. But you know what, though? Go ahead and turn your mic on so that we can hear you. There it is. There's a couple quick steps. First, you got to turn the power on. Then you got to turn that volume up. Then you got to tune, Bad Marion. Open up the window wide and scream out into the night sky. Save this